amazing that he'll come by here and talk to you as unworthy as you are, as unworthy as we are, that not only did he not put us in hell and that he did save us, but even after we've been saved, as wrong as we've been, he'll still, wrong attitudes, rotten attitudes, let's be honest, rotten attitudes, didn't get it the way we wanted it, and we get we get angry. We're like overgrown children sometimes. Oh, y'all know it's right. Don't make no point lying about it. You like over? We're like overgrown children sometimes. Don't get what we wanted. Get angry about it. And the Lord still comes by and talks to us. I bless His name. I want you to take your Bibles tonight. And I want you to go with me to First uh, Samuel chapter number 18 tonight. First Samuel chapter number 18. And uh, I want to uh, attempt, I'm sorry, chapter number 17. I want to attempt tonight to preach a thought uh, to you that really I don't feel prepared yet to preach. Uh, I have been uh, stewing over it or bouncing it back and forth in my mind for the last several days and uh, I'm going to preach it tonight just with a few thoughts written down. Um, I, I preached a series uh, several, a couple years ago on, on lessons worth learning in the life of David, lessons that God was teaching David that were going to uh, be necessary for David to live for God and uh, learning to be Little was one of those lessons when God does big things in your life and, and uh, you have to not look at yourself as big or deserving but look at yourself as who you really are apart from God. And learning to be little. Just because God gave you a position, just because God gave you leadership in some area, don't think too highly of yourself. It'll be your downfall. And so David has to learn to be little. And uh, I preached on learning to be loved. And last Sunday, the Lord let us preach part of that message again last Sunday morning. I preached learning to be loathed, L-O-A-T-H-E-D, when you've done right, the best that you know, not that any of us are perfect, but you've done right in the situation or situations, and uh, yet you are uh, you are. Uh, hunted down for it, persecuted because of it. And all of us at some point or another, if, you're, if you belong to the Lord, you're going to be in a situation where you were in the right. And uh, yet it doesn't seem that way. And uh, accusations against David were wrong. Uh, Saul wanted to kill him without merit. Sometimes people despise you not because of what you did wrong, but because of what you did right. You bring conviction into their life. Uh, this world is at enmity with God. They are at enmity. They are at war with the things of God. And so therefore, uh, godly things, holy things bring about conviction and they bring about uh, a revelation to lost people of what they don't have. And it was Saul that was angry because of what he did not have that he saw in David. God had taken his hand off of Saul, put it on David. And that was why Saul hated David. Nothing that David had done. Uh, David uh, took Saul's job 
or at least he would. And uh, he was hated because of that. And uh, you do right. Listen to me tonight. You do right when the whole world falls apart. You do right when you're hated for it. God will honor that. And stay right while you're doing right. Sometimes we can do right and get wrong. You can do right and know you did right and then end up wrong because you end up with a wrong attitude, wrong spirit, a bitter spirit, even though in the beginning you were right. And I, I like that about David, that, that David did right and he stayed right. He never did retaliate to Saul. He never did do to Saul what Saul did to David. And the problem is, is that oftentimes, if you and I are not careful, we'll become Saul when we started out as David. And uh, you, you, you can do right, and you can stay right, and you can be right. And God will honor that. Hallelujah. I'm glad he will. As i meditating on all of those thoughts, the Lord brought another thought to my mind. I've never preached it until tonight, and I, I don't know if I can claim that, I, that it's preaching yet until it's done, and we'll find out if it was preaching or not. I want to preach tonight on this thought. Not only learning to be loved and learning to be little, learning to be loathed, but I want to preach tonight on learning to lean. David was going to learn, and David was in the process of learning, and David was going to spend his whole life learning to lean. And I want to tell you something tonight, that's what you're doing right now. You are learning to lean. You may not be learning well may be slow learner, but God is teaching you, if I know God and I know the word of God, and we do, God is teaching you to lean. And uh, not on your own power, not on your own might, not on your own ability, not on your own strength, because that's what you're born into this world with. You lean on your will, and you lean on your self-preservation, and you lean on your uh, your ability and you lean on your talent but God wants to get you out of a world where you lean on you and what you can do and he wants you to come to the end of your ability and learn to lean on him uh, think about that song I've been singing it this week learning to lean on Jesus that's where the Lord wants you tonight that's where the Lord wants me tonight and uh, he will allow things in your life that will teach you to lean on him. He will allow circumstances that seem unfortunate. He will allow circumstances that are not conducive to joy in your life. He will allow, uh, he will allow problems in your life to uh, come about that will seem as though they are the very end uh, of your existence and it is not because he's angry many times it is not because he don't love you but it is because as long as you're leaning on you you'll never see him and as long as you're leaning on you you'll never recognize your need of him but if you ever realize that you cannot but he can he is teaching you to lean on him anybody uh, at some point or another, or even learn just a little bit of that tonight. I'm learning to lean. David was learning that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll read tonight um, several verses as I preach it, so I'll just preach it to you and go to the verse when we get there. 
Uh, I, I thought about two areas in, in David's life where he is learning to lean and, and would say to you tonight that you will find these two areas in your life. One of them I'll preach tonight and the other one we'll come back and visit it some other time. Uh, one of the areas and the one we'll look at tonight is that David was going to learn to lean in those areas of life where he could not do anything. Where there was nothing that David could do. In the times of life where it would be said, I can not. God was going to teach him to lean. Those are the impossible times of life. And if you live long enough, uh, and you enjoy breath in your lungs long enough, I'll tell you one thing, you're going to find out that there are impossible times in your life. There are days where there is no way through. There are situations where there is no way out. And uh, learning to lean on Him in those times uh, uh, will be all that you can do. I'll tell you the second time that David is going to learn to lean, and you'll find this in your life, one or the other really, in those things that you cannot do, you'll have to learn to lean on him. And in those things that you can do, you'll have to learn to lean on him. I won't preach that tonight, but I'll say this. Not everything that was done in David's life could he do. He could not kill a lion and a bear and Goliath in his own ability. He did not possess that kind of power. He would have died on his own. And he was going to need God's help in those areas. But I tell you, he could kill Saul. Had the ability twice, God delivered Saul into his hand, and yet he would not touch God's anointing. He could kill Nabal, he could kill Shimei. There were people and there were situations that were within David's ability, that were within David's hand, uh, that were within David's power to do. Uh, and yet he still, as much as he had to learn to lean on God in those areas where he could not, he had to learn to lean on God in those areas where he could. I want to tell you, we get in more trouble tonight in the areas of that which we can do something about it. You say, preacher, I can't fix all my problems, but I could fix this. I could straighten this out. I could make this right. I could do this. Just because you can don't mean you ought to. Just because it's within your ability to snap back or to smart off or to fix this situation does not mean that it is pleasing to God or within the will of God. Sometimes God will allow things in your life as he does David to test the heart of David, to find out what it is on the inside of David that makes him tick. And we find that David passed in many circumstances those tests, though it seemed as if in the heat of the moment that he would not, and yet in that still small voice of God as David leans and he learns to lean on God in those areas of life and that which he can do. And I'll tell you tonight, both of those are in your life. Can you see that in your life? I cannot, God, I need your help. I can, God, I need your help. And your life will be made up of one or two of those things, what I cannot do and what I can do. But it is in that that I cannot do, I need the help of God. And it is within that that I can do, I need the help of God. I need to hear from God. Because we all know what we can do is get ourselves in trouble. What we can do is make a mess of stuff. 
What we can do is the wrong thing. And we've got plenty of experience in life to teach us that I can mess it all up. So I need God's help that which I cannot and that which I can. Tonight let's look at these things that David could not do. And where we find David learning to lean. We, I ask you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17 tonight. Let's, let's, uh, uh, let's, let's start reading. Let's, let's look here. Uh, verse number 23. I, uh, I'll read a few verses and, 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 and then skip down maybe. Uh, verse 23, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion... The Philistine of Gath. I, I like how the Holy Ghost puts that in the Bible, the champion. I got news, he's about to lose his belt. He's about to lose his title. He might be the champion today, but God is going to prevail, and another man is going to wear that title. Aren't you glad when the champions of this world come against God or His church or His people, we know who the champion really is. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines, and he spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king, shall enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. Uh, verse number 31. And when the words were heard which David spake, they rehearsed, David says to uh, those in his hearing, he says to his brother Eliab, he says to others who are hearing him, that he, I'll, I'll go take care of Goliath. And when the words were heard which David spake, verse 31 they rehearsed him before, before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine. I want you to notice that Saul said, You cannot do this. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm just agreeing with Saul tonight. I know we like to look at ourselves as 10 foot tall and bulletproof, but you're not. I know we like to look at ourselves as uh, invincible, but you're not. And the truth of the matter is, is that Saul is right in that he says to David, you cannot beat Goliath. You cannot do this thing. This is one of those moments in life David is going to have to lean on God for that that he cannot do. I've got some bad news for you tonight. You can't fix all of your problems. You can't face all of your giants. You can't kill all of your Goliaths. You can't always fix the problem in your marriage. You can't always fix the problem with your children. 
wouldn't you, wouldn't you like if just a good old-fashioned whipping uh, like it used to be could fix all the problems uh, with some of them that have grown up now? You say, if all I had to do was what I did when they were little or for conversation, but I want to tell you, you can't fix all them problems now in their life. There's some things you could do and you did do, but now there's issues and you can't do that. It is without your ability. It is beyond your ability. I'll tell you something else. There's... Uh, uh, unless you have struck it rich, there's probably some of you in here tonight, there's some bills that you cannot. I mean, you work all day long, but you just say, Lord, I, I can't do that. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Family problems, friend problems, work problems, uh, inward problems, stuff on the inside that plagues you and bothers you and stuff you know about you and maybe no one else knows it but you know it and you know it's there and you say, I'm look down the eyes of that Goliath of that giant and I cannot do that. Somebody said, well, I wouldn't believe the devil anything that he said. Well, he is a liar but there's some things he says you can believe. Saul may be a liar. Saul may be deceptive. Saul may be self-willed. But Saul is telling the truth when he says to young David, you can't do that, David. That giant is way too big for you. Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight him. For thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. You're not strong enough. You're not smart enough. You're not powerful enough. You're not big enough. You're not bad enough. You're not good enough. You're not able, David, to do this. If mere strength were the criteria, then Saul's more qualified than David. He's much stronger. If height was the criteria of beating Goliath. And if any man in Israel stood a chance, it is, it is Saul because he stands head and shoulders above all the men of Israel. If wisdom, Saul's fought more battles than David has. If, if wealth would take care of it, he's got more money than David has. But in this moment, it is not your wisdom. In this moment, it is not your wealth. In this moment, it is not your ability, David. It don't matter how tall you are, how strong you are, you can't beat Goliath. Anybody ever face down some of those things that you could not do? Verse 34, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and the uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. We'll stop reading there for right now, talking about learning to lean. This is another one of those examples and it is not the only example in David's life where he is leaning, he's learning to lean on 
God to help him in these areas of that which he cannot do. Saul's right. David cannot, but I think that David knows this. I believe that David uh, is aware of the fact that I'm no match for Saul. I'm not big enough. I'm not bad enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not 10 foot tall and bulletproof. But here's what I know. Here's why I'm leaning on the Lord in this area. Because of my past experience, I know uh, that uh, I won't do this on my own but there will be one that will help me through this event in my life. David is in fact leaning, not just on the Lord, but his previous knowledge of the Lord. Uh, what a terrible day it would be if the very first time that David ever had to learn to lean on God was the moment that he faced down the greatest giant of his life. See, God don't work that way. Uh, it is not the very first time that David is learning to lean. It is not the very first time that David is faced with an impossibility in which he has to lean on God. But there's been other times. There's been lesser times. There's been times previous and prior to this event that has taught David uh, that the God who brought me through then uh, can bring me through now. And no one likes to face those times, but it is those times that teach us in the next time and the next time that the same God who reached down and helped me yesterday is the same God that can reach down and help me today and the same God that brought me out then is the same God that can bring me out now and in this business of learning to lean I'm glad we have some past experience to teach us there come a day in David's life where his father said, David, I want you to go and I want you to tend to my sheep. I don't know that David uh, uh, wanted to do that or not. Maybe he did. Maybe it was something that he had anticipated. Uh, maybe it was something that he thought, you know, I don't really care much about this. I don't know. But what I know is that he obeyed his father and he did that that his father asked him, uh, and, and there were no doubt bad days that, that the Bible don't record. No doubt there were uh, dark nights. No doubt there were, uh, sometimes we get the mental picture uh, because uh, uh, we, we view these things as we, as we read them and we, and we think that uh, it was uh, uh, all David did was just sit there on a rock and look at sheep and play his harp. And I'd say that there was a lot of times like that, but I would say there was a lot of times where David uh, was pulling them out of a ditch, rescuing them in the dark. Storms were coming, problems were coming, wolves were howling, uh, broken legs and broken body parts and things that he had to deal with. And all of those events were leading him up to a day when a lion and a bear came uh, into camp. The Bible said, David said, uh, Saul, he said the lion came, the bear came, and makes no distinction in different days. Maybe it was different days. Maybe it was the same day. Said that a lion came and a bear came and, and they took one of my father's sheep and he got him and they, 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 they began to drag this sheep out and I recognized what was going on. Saul, so I seen this, this lion and this bear and he said, here's what I did. I went after them. 
I went after them and he said when I, when I got there I, I took the lion by the beard and I slew it and I slew the bear and, 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 and uh, I dealt with them I killed them I, I got that sheep back I doctored it up I took care of it and it's still in my father's fold today uh, uh, because God allowed me to do that and I want to talk honest with you uh, that is impossible for David to do Let's not even worry about Goliath. Let's talk about this story about a lion and a bear. Uh, maybe if you've got a 30 ox 6, but I've watched some good men shoot some bears that were coming their way, uh, and one bullet didn't take it down, and two bullets didn't take it down, uh, and on the third bullet, it took it down. Uh, I mean, them are some resilient animals. And at the same time, there's a lion and you don't have a rifle and you don't have a 50 caliber pistol you don't have a machine gun that pops off bullets one second after another you've got maybe a bow and arrow and what we know he has when he comes to the battle is a, a slingshot and some stones and a staff and a rod and I'm going to tell you something David did not fight that battle by himself I can promise you that. He may have been the only man that was there, but he wasn't the only being that was there. He may have been the only human that was there, but God had sent somebody that day to help David out. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Because you couldn't do it, and I can't do it, and the biggest, baddest man you know couldn't do it with his bare hands, especially two at once. David had some divine intervention. I tell you, I believe it had something to do uh, with that day that Samuel come to David's house and he looked at all them boys of Jesse and he said, you're not it, you're not it, you're not it. Give me, is there any more? And Jesse said, well, I've got one more little boy out there. He's a shepherd. He's my youngest son. And Samuel said, bring him in. And God whispered into the heart of Samuel and said, Samuel, that is the man. And God told Samuel, and he took that anointing oil that was in that horn, and he poured that on the head of David. And God's power was poured out on David. The Spirit of God was poured out on David. The anointing of God was poured out on David. And I believe tonight that when David killed that lion and bear, he didn't do it in his own power, but he was operating in power that come from God. I don't know if you believe that or not but I do somebody said what about Samson in the Bible killed all those men killed that lion I tell you Samson uh, had power but we know where it come from it come from the Lord and if you've got any power you wasn't born with it you didn't, you didn't make it up in a little bottle God has given it into your life to overcome things in your life it was in that moment in that shepherd field no one around that David saw that need I don't think he was interested in killing a lion I don't think he was interested in killing a bear but it was the right thing to do and there was no way around it for David it is either I take care of this lion and bear or when it gets done with that lamb it'll come back for another are y'all hearing me tonight? And another, and another, 
and another. And by the time it's done, my father won't have a sheep left. And I didn't sign up to be a lion fighter or a bear fighter, but I did tell my father I'd take care of his sheep. And if that means I've got to fight a lion and a bear, then I'll go after it. And God, I got, I got a feeling that God sent that lion and that God sent that bear because God had a giant in Israel that he wanted a killer, that he wanted David to kill, and he prepared him with a lion and a bear in a field with some sheep. Preacher, I don't know why in the world I'm trying to do right and all these things are going on in my life. Preacher, I don't know why. I mean, I I know I'm not perfect, but it would make sense if I were out in sin, if it would make sense if I were trying to displease God, but I'm trying to live for God and every time I turn around, here comes a lion. Every time I turn around, here comes a bear. Every time I turn around, here comes something else. I'll tell you what God's doing. He's letting you learn to lean. Because in those areas of that which you cannot do, uh, you have to recognize uh, I can't kill lions on my own. I can't kill bears on my own. If they'll kill me, uh, or they'll, they'll either kill me or I'll kill them, I need God's help. Learning to lean. That's good preaching. He is learning to lean on his past. When Goliath comes into the picture, David takes a trip down memory lane and says, well, this won't be nothing because past experience lets me know that God met with me then and he'll meet with me now. The uh, songwriter said, I've been through enough to know that he'll be enough for me. I've come through too many times. It puts my mind at ease. I'd stake my very life. He's going to take care of me. Why? Because I've been through enough to know that he'll be enough for me. I have faced some giants in my life but they wasn't the first one. I have faced some battles in my life, but they wasn't the first one. I have been through some storms in my life, but it wasn't the first one. And it was the one before that, and the one before that, that prepared me for that one. And I don't want one to show up tonight, or tomorrow, or the next day. But if they do, uh, hallelujah, there's been some past experience that let me know that I belong to Him, and He belongs to me. And Thank God in his hands I can kill a lion and a bear and Goliath to the glory of God. If Goliath showed up in your life very first, very first event, you'd be just like the rest of that crowd running home. But God is working, uh, teaching you to lean. And them problems in your youth, uh, God uh, has allowed them in your youth. If you can get victory over some of them sins uh, when you're 14 and 15, uh, you can learn when you're 25 and 26, you can get victory over that sin as well. If God can take care of paying your bills when you're 15, uh, He can pay your bills when you're 50. Help me right there. If God can take care of your family when you're a child, He can take care of it when you're grown it is David learning to lean and he's leaning on his past 
And I would encourage you tonight as I move on to the next thought to go home and do a little leaning and lean on your past experiences that by this point, is anybody here, is anybody seeing this, that, that your past experiences has taught you He'll be all. He'll be enough. You'll be all right. And if you're just new to church, if you're just new to the Bible, if you're just new to Christ, if you're just new to serving God, uh, I want to tell you something. Uh, you can lean on my past experience. Uh, you can lean on the past experience of these in the Bible. You can lean on your neighbor's past. You say, preacher, I don't have much experience. Then lean on somebody else's until you get your own. David is learning to lean. He's leaning on his past. I tell you too tonight, he's leaning on his possessions. That is what he has in his hands. Are y'all still good? What he has in his hands. Verse 38, Saul's finally agreed, all right, if you're going to be dumb enough to try it, I'll let you. Somebody's got to do something. He says to David in verse 38, Saul armed David with his armor and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. David girded his sword upon his armor and he essayed to go for he had not proved it. David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these for I have not proved them and David put them off. Talking about learning to lean in those Areas of life where you cannot. He's leaning on his past experience. But now he's leaning on his possessions, or maybe a word would be his proven artillery. So I, I, I appreciate your armor, but I've never used that. I, I appreciate your sword, but I've never used that. I appreciate this coat of mail, but I've never used that, that, that almost chain link like material that was put on him to, to keep swords from going through and piercing his body. And, and David said, I, I, it's, it's too much. I've never used it. And he said, well, what do you have? Read on, verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand. He said, I, I've got this. And chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even in a scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. David said, well, I've got this staff, and I've got this bag, and I'm getting these stones, and I've got this slingshot. That's what I've got. That's, that's what I've got. God was teaching him in these areas of that which he could not do to lean on his past but to lean on what he had somebody said uh, boy I could I could live for God if I had dot 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 are y'all hearing me boy I could get victory if I had fill in the blank (laughs) I could I could kill a lion and a bear too if I had whatever it is If I had this money, 
and I could do this. If I had this strength, then I could do this. If I had this ability, then I could do this. If I come from this family, if my daddy was a preacher, or if my mama loved to pray, or if my family did this, or, or whatever, or if my daddy wasn't a preacher, or if my mama didn't do this, whatever you want to fill in the blank with. If I had Saul's arm, David said, no, I don't need your armor. I've got all that I need. And I come to tell you tonight, you don't need what you don't have. I'm going to run that one by you again. That's pretty good preaching. You don't need what you don't have to conquer what has come into your life. You don't need what you don't have. What do I need? You need what God has given you. And if you'll operate with what God has put in your life, it is enough. You lean on what God's given. He's given you some faith, ain't he? Well, I don't have a whole lot of faith. Do you have any? He's given you the ability to pray. Well, I'm not good at praying. Well, you can pray anyhow. He's given you faith. He's given you a Bible. He's given you the ability to pray. Take what you have and let God get real big in the middle of it and do something with it for the glory of God. He's leaning on his past. He's leaning on his possessions. He said, I have what I have, and it may not look like much to you. But it sure did work when that lion and that bear come to my house. And I'm going not looking for some new something. But I'm looking for something that's been proven to work. Oh, I'm enjoying my own preaching tonight. I am learning to lean in that that I cannot do. There's some things I can't do. I hate to tell you all that. That's honest, ain't it? But you can go ahead and be honest too. There's some things that you cannot do. But I am going to be all right. And you're going to be all right because you've got past experience that lets you know and you lean on that. And you've got proven equipment. There we go. There's an alliterated outline. Proven equipment that you can lean on. It's the Word of God. It's faith. It's the, it's, the, it's the Bible. It's a prayer altar. And God can do more in that than if you had a thousand swords and 2,100 machine guns. Learning to lean. His past experience, I just outlined it while preaching. His proven equipment. If I get this other one outlined, we're golden. I'm working on it in my head as we speak. But if I don't get it, you can help me at the end. Let me give you this last one, David, learning to lean in that that he cannot do on his own. He has a promise. He has a promise. He has a past, he has possessions, he has a promise. Verse Number 41, the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistines looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of fair countenance. And the Philistines said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. And the Philistines said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Well, that's some mighty threatening words. I want you to put yourself in David's shoes. 
Has your enemy ever said anything to you like that? I mean, but you don't have to talk out loud, but be honest with yourself. Let's, Philistine said to David, verse 44, Come to me, you come to me, and I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. You take one more step, David, and it'll be your last. Your enemy ever said stuff to you and give you ultimatums? One more step, and that's it. I'll make sure that you never take another step again. I'll slay you right here, and the fowls of the air will eat your carcass, and the beasts of the field will eat your flesh. This will be the end. I'm going to tell you something. Less than that has scared off more mightier men than David. It's what he hears. (laughs) If what you see is not bad enough, what you hear just might get you. And there's some things you're looking at down in the valley. And then they go to talking and they sound worse than they look. Am I talking to anybody that's hearing me tonight? I think so. One more step. I have heard stuff like that. And I have thought within myself, I don't see how. that I'm getting through this one. He's got me trapped. He's got me cornered. He knows my weakness. And I'm going down. But you need not forget that David has one more thing in his arsenal to lean on. And it's not just that he has past experience. And it's not just that he has proven equipment. But he has a promised word. When Samuel come over to his house and poured that oil on David, I believe that the voice of God whispered into the heart of David, you'll be the king. God, whether David knew that promise or not, God had placed a promise on David. He'd given him his word, what he was going to do. And when God's given you his word, you mark it down, it'll come to pass. I don't know what kind of hell you'll go through down here. But if you've ever been born again, you'll never enter into any hell in eternity. I don't know what kind of trouble you'll face down here. But the moment that trumpet sounds, hallelujah to God, we'll... We'll say goodbye to all trouble. We'll say goodbye to all sorrow. We'll say goodbye to all problems. You say, you believe that? I sure do. I've got a word from God on the matter. And David said, verse 45, to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But... I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day, who told David that? This day will will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, 
And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And about that moment, he took one of them stones, put it in that slingshot, and hurled that thing down into that valley, hit Goliath in the head, run down there, took Goliath's own sword, cut his head off, and did exactly what God said would happen. David was leaning on his past. David was leaning on what he had in his hands that God had given him and he had proven it. And David was leaning on a word, a promise, if you will. And if God's given you some promises, my God shall supply all your need, that's a promise. And if God's ever given it, he gave it to you in his word, he may have just given it to you personally in times of prayer. God's ever given you a promise. You just lay back and lean on that tonight. <laughs> you just lean on back. What are you doing, David? I'm just leaning. What are you leaning on? Past experience. What are you doing, David? I'm just leaning. What are you leaning on? Proven equipment. What are you doing, David? I'm just leaning. What are you leaning on? I'm leaning on a promise from a God that cannot lie. He will do what he said he would do. And I believe him. David is learning to lean in those areas and that which he cannot do on his own. Tonight we're done preaching. And you know what is in your life right now that you cannot do on your own. I want to encourage you tonight to do some leaning. If you'll learn to lean tonight, you'll be able to lean tomorrow and the next day. Lord, you know I can't do that. I'm just trusting you. Learning to lean. Lord, thank you tonight for your word. I believe you've helped us. We'll finish it up some other time. I pray, God, that you would take it and pierce our hearts with it as she plays. Lord, pierce our hearts with it. Lord, meet with us around these altars. Tonight, these altars would be a good place to lean. Maybe a while since some folks have leaned on them. There's some past experiences down here. There's some proven equipment down here. There's some promises down here. Lord, I thank you. In Christ's name, amen.